Hey guys, welcome back to the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. The Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. We are so happy that you guys are back and we are truly honored to be sitting with an H-Town legend. Not just an H-Town legend, but a legend in the industry. Her husband. Mr. Mad Hatter, y'all. You, you really read that off like you were reading the bouncy ball on a newscast? Listen. First of all, I had to acknowledge the fact that before these cameras started rolling, our guest here didn't know that we were married. I would not I be on a podcast. I, look, some people have names of shows and marriage is a part of the conversation along with the finances and the real estate. I didn't realize that. And obviously, you know, I have to be honest, I'm always on the move. And, you know, I just recently had a baby. So everything, you know is about him so i don't watch a lot of stuff i only listen to ktsu trying to make it better and so i don't see a lot of stuff so i didn't even and y'all chemistry is kind of like I, y'all come across as just friends i didn't Aww. i didn't do okay. what are husband and wives supposed to come off like i don't know y'all i didn't you know sometimes you know you might see somebody's hands touch yeah. or there might be some Oh, Sly remark about something that happened this morning. Until he says something about the breakfast table when they get up and he had to roll her out the bed or something like. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no. She don't. She don't like none of that. If I was walking around like touching her and stuff, she it would freak her out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so really? I'm about I'm about business when it's business, and then personal when it's personal. But when it's business, I'm just so like, she's not the type to hold hands in public and all. I should hold hands. I hold hands, but so, don't put your tongue in my mouth. Here, in public. Here's the problem. When we stuff. dated. I like to go to the grocery now, store. Now, how long y'all been married? We've been married seven years. Okay. How long do have y'all known each other? Uh, almost 10. So it'll be, okay. well, I guess nine. Nine, nine in August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm already at year 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I like the grocery store. And I, I remember one time, and this is when I knew she ain't like public touch. There was nobody in the store. It's like 12 at night. I tried to give her a kiss. Like, you know, a French kiss. She's like... You can't kiss me at no store. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's nobody around. It's like, people are watching. Who? What? It's like 12 at night. To, for clarity, I'm a pastor's child. Oh, well, you know, they also have a, a, a well, it depends. There's a balance. There's a fine line, right? So you I met see, some, some preacher's kids and, whew. I mean. But the other way. They go that other way. They go yeah, the other man. way. But think about, you don't see the pastor like. PDA and his wife up and down. Some pastors, uh, some pastors are getting wild in the church. Baptist, not, I'm too, Baptist. not too, not too, not too I'm far. Baptist but I've seen some be be rather affectionate. I, I think it's cool. I don't have a pro- I don't have a problem with it for other people. <laughs> <laughs> just ain't gonna be. What what attracted you to her? Look, I'm sorry. I, Look, I, I'm sorry. I just started this asking. Is I'm sorry. I love it. Y'all ready Look, for marriage? This is therapy? a show about being married and doing real estate. This is exactly what we're about. Okay, cool. it is, so it is. when I first met her, and I'm gonna be a hundred percent transparent. Oh, oh, don't God. don't do anything. That's she wrong. has a nice shape. Okay. So <laughs> we met. We ain't really talk like that. Uh, but when she was leaving. We met through a mutual friend. I used to build for MD Anderson. And when I was building for MD Anderson, uh, one of my project managers who I worked with, who was a friend of mine, she had a brunch at her house. I never used to go to her stuff. Finally went to her stuff. She was at the house. Never had gone to her stuff either. Uh, and when she was leaving, I was asking my friend's husband. I was like, yo, you know, what's up with your girl or whatever? I was recently divorced. And he was like, man, he's like, she a good girl, but she got that thing. Okay. Like, she, You know, yes, did you want to say that's you. Does you want to put on a podcast? <laughs> As somebody husband said that. He just said you had a nice shape, that you had a big butt. Wow. We should take that out. Why? It's real. This is real life. Anyway, leave it in. 
Okay. So the point is, <laughs> the point is, you had a nice this, shape. This podcast is already gone it's wrong. No, 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 no. I think this you is know real what? life. Listen, you should already know this already. She that, know. So no, I do know. But she I don't do want know. to say publicly I, that no, you admired her why? shape. Why? He saw you. He saw you, and he thought you were beautiful, and the he admired you. I miss that somebody's husband said that about another woman, and now it's on a public podcast that might be problematic. That's the part I'm talking about. No, I don't. I, I think it's he don't care. I, it's okay. not that he cares. I mean, his wife might feel some type of way, but there, you know, you're not blind either. You know, somebody's beautiful now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Long as he ain't over there trying to, you know, holler at you on the side, and he never did that. Never. There's nothing to worry about. And his wife's the one that got the number. She was out there too, right? And, so and his wife would. They probably had that conversation. Hey, such and such got a good shape, huh? Yeah, okay. she do look all, all right. right, huh? Okay. He just made that all better. That was I was gonna leave that raggedy in the road. This is what I do. <laughs> this is what I do. We might have to. Uh... Anyway, so got a number, and I'm recently divorced. I wasn't hollering at chicks like that. So I was like, I called my sister. My sister's like, you gotta wait two days to call her. So I was like, okay. So I waited two days and I called <laughs> her, rules. and then I called her, and you can tell the rest. Of, you tell the story better than me. Uh, she tells a much better version. Did he ask for the full story? Okay. Anyway, he called me. <laughs> and he said, what attracted you to me? Your shape initially. Okay. And then your brain later. And my brain. Still like that shape. <laughs> <laughs> that shape ain't let me down. All right. Calm down, everybody. <laughs> yeah, calm him down, y'all. <laughs> we still on, We still got the visuals we, here. We do. Uh, we That's do good he got that kind of energy. Oh, that, podcast that. episodes used to be wild. Like, we, when we early, early days, we used to be very marriage heavy. Because we do real estate for a living, right? So we talk about the marriage piece, too. We had, like, a sex therapist on. We did, like, oh, that's a whole good. marriage talk. That's like, good. I like transparency. She don't like that. The marriage piece. Yeah, I'm cool with it. <laughs> you just super private. So I how? Why you got a podcast if you super private? I didn't say I was. We live in a world. We live in a world. We live in a very voyeuristic world, and people want to be all up in your business. They want to know what you're doing, how you're doing. And the podcast world is so they can do that. But I was. I'm the same way too. I was always limited in my information. I had a. I didn't start saying I had adopted kids until years after radio and the people that I work with they didn't even know that I had kids I never brought them around I never talked about them and then one day on the air I was I said something blah 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 and yeah I go through the same thing with my kids and everybody on the show just <laughs> and live on we're live on the air and I'm like what are y'all looking at I'm like oh oh my god we never heard you talk about what kids are you talking about yeah, that's a long story. Yeah. I mean, you are an enigma, and for for me, and I'm sh I'm sure for Kevin, like we've heard you on the radio for many years, and all we know is Mr. Mad Mad Hatter. But that's about it. I don't think anybody knows very much about you outside. Um, of that's a the good. Radio. That's true. Not who, if you're married, what you do outside of the radio, what you do fun. Are there children? None of that ever. Yeah, I was private when it came. Uh, yeah, I was kind of private, especially when you're dealing with women and things like that, because you want to know if the More person that you're with is true. Look, um, you know, I was a young guy at, for, for a couple of those years. When Down South, where I stayed, came out, did you have like all the chicks? No, I didn't. You know what's so funny? I don't trust people. I don't trust. And I'm not like, I'm not a big believer in tricking off dough. I'm very, um, when it comes to cash, I'm, I'm a hoarder. Um so no I'm what. very and I'm very uh, surroundings people that I'm around. My my circle is very 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 small. 
Um, I don't really, ironically, I don't talk a lot. I'm usually alone. I love to be alone, but you know, that's changed now. My, my, my best partners now is my wife and my son. Cause the the two oldest girls, they out there trying to learn how to be adults right now. Yep. So So we haven't, even introduced I'm sorry. who you are. Why y'all get, Bad. why you getting all I'm in my business? I'm blaming on me. <laughs> I think you did. I mean, you said H-Town legend. I did, but I just said like H-Town legend, but who are you, Mr. Mad Hatter? That's a fair question. Um, I'm a person, I, I love music. It was my first love. I loved radio and broadcasting and what it was all about in the infancy, the golden era, maybe between the fifties and very early 90s, somewhere around the mid to late 90s, it started to shift a little bit and be different where, you know, you just get on the air and talk about famous people and that's the show. I was from an era with the Tom Joiners and these guys. They it not was it just about the entertainers. It was about the show that they were doing. So they did things that were funny. They did these little bits. And I still tried to hold on to that tradition for a long time of just doing a well-rounded show. We're going to give you some information. We're going to give you some fun stuff. We're going to give you some dumb songs. I don't care if I don't look cool or <laughs> sound nerdy. That was my purpose for having Jimbo there because he was able to bring out that, you know, when you when you urban, you have a tendency to like, we think we too cool for the room. You need somebody there that's going to break up the cool. And there was a lot of things I would have never done, the plays we used to do. And, yeah. you know, we just did a lot of things. But I wanted to do a full service show where we couldn't be in some box. Most shows now over the last 10 to 15 years, you can put them in boxes. This is what they do. And that's all they do. But, you know, we could play the music. We understood the music. You know, we participated in the music scene. Um, We could do nerdy songs. We would sing. We would rap. We went to the school. I mean, it was full service. We're in the community. Political one minute and cracking jokes the next. I just think that people needed that balance and You know, when you drive into work and stuff like that, I was really dedicated to the service of the community. And and, and I remember when I was I used to listen to the radio and being that guy working seven jobs, putting myself through college, being so miserable, like wishing I could be the guy that's talking and the way he made me feel when he was playing new records or saying this or saying that. And I wanted to give people that same feeling. I, and I hope I achieved that. So, I mean, you did with I, us, did, too. You if did we, with us. If we, I hope so. And I think if you're not from Houston, Texas, I implore you to Google Mad Hatter Morning Show. Something's got to come up. How long they, did the morning show run? Yeah. The morning show literally was on 20 years. Yeah, it yes. had to be. Yeah. Now, my career in Houston is much longer, my friends. <laughs> but the morning show aspect, because I came here in 93, mm-hmm. did nights when it was magic. When it was one was it one? When 102 was, was hip hop and 97.9 yeah. was yeah. R&B. So yeah. they did that. And then, you know, owners come in, they buy up everything. So I was going to leave and go to uh, Detroit. Never told anybody that. But then they made me an offer that I could not refuse in Houston. So I stayed and did afternoons. Uh, And then um, years later, earlier, actually, uh, when Robert Scorpio, I don't know if y'all remember, he was doing the morning show. Initially, I was supposed to be doing the morning show then, but there wasn't corresponding numbers to that time slot. So time had to wait. (laughs) So a little bit of pop culture for you. This is relevant today. Sure. Are we going to see you in the Freak Nick uh, documentary coming out? I was working too hard. Okay. That's the big talk. Hey, man. I think it's so funny that a lot of people feel, think about it. There was a time where we had the Kappa Beach Party. We did. Some of y'all who watching this right now were at the Kappa Beach. I was was at at the Kappa. I seen, literally, I'm not going to get too explicit, but in the traffic, (laughs) riding down the seawall, 
I seen people right there uh, might be in their trucks. The the back is open, and they're 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 Doing having the sex. Going. She from Galveston regularly, <laughs> right? The whole the whole way. There's some girl on videotape, or women and men on videotape that have done some things at the Kappa Beach party. To me, it was I I didn't go to the Freak Nick, yeah. but I'm sure it was comparable. To the Kappa Beach. What you're saying party. is they need a Kappa Beach so party documentary. Do. Well, too. it was a little one, but it didn't show <laughs> probably with Jermaine Dupree and uh, Luke are gonna show in this freak. Oh, Luke. So and you Jermaine remember Dupree. when Freaknik came to Houston and there was that Chancellor's? I don't remember that. You don't no, remember no. it was like one party. It wasn't like the whole thing. That okay. wasn't a real freak nick. That it was just some, it, some uh, people. It some was then the time that Freak Nick was down. Like, right. you know. Anyway, it was wild. Was it crazy? I was 16. Oh wow. With a fake ID. Oh, wow. Went to Freak Nick. I, so, fake yeah. IDs were like a thing in my life at a time. Anyway, <laughs> it was insane. Like, people pulling out, people doing stuff right there. It was like a whole thing. Oh, so, I can wild. only imagine what Freak Nick It was crazy, man. I had, uh, was. And I'll be honest with you. I enjoyed the Kappa Beach party. <laughs> and not, sure and not, not because of the wild stuff that was going on. <laughs> it was, I'm, from a, a music standpoint, I saw the little Troy record get broke there. Like yeah. everybody was rolling up and down that yep. sea while playing Wanna Be a Baller. And you saw music happening. I was lucky to have signed Paul Wall and Chameleon Air. And I saw their greatness growing right there on the sea wall with their mixtapes. And so I'm like, yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The power of these mixtapes and didn't fully understand what was going on, but being able to sit there. So to me, it was an outlet for music. Yeah, it was fun and you could fornicate if that's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I wouldn't have been in that mix like that because, yeah. you know, I'm private like you, you are. are mm. And I, I can't be on no cameras and we just, you know, <laughs> in front of the homies and we we having a party like that. I'm be like, you know, we can go. You don't want to be like Aaron Hall? You ain't see that Aaron Hall oh clip? Oh, my God. That uh-uh. was horrible. It's actually down. Oh, I'm going to show LaToya. LaToya, you got to see it the Aaron down. Hall clip. Is, is, it is the clip down? Oh, it's hell. Where was he at? Is it something he you did? Can't he was on the concert internet. here? So, no, no, no. It wasn't a concert. It was, it was an interview. And he basically talked about how he likes to have sex in public. And, and he he's said, like, you could ask everybody. Denzel he's Washington. And- Diddy, Usher. He's like, everybody done seen me. <laughs> well, and I forgot the young lady he was married to. He, mm-hmm. he, 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 he lets it be known that he does have a very freaky side. Yeah. He's oh. always been honest about that. Okay. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure. So you- where are you from? I'm originally from North Carolina. I'm from a place called Fayetteville, North Carolina. No Fayetteville. I was born okay. in Fort Bragg, a military. I think they changed the name because he was some racy Confederate. Some anyway, uh, but it was near Fort Bragg. So my family, my father was military. So we traveled a lot. I lived in Germany for about seven years. And actually had a stint in Texas, but it was El Paso and Hawaii, and we lived a lot of places. But I call North Carolina home. That's where we kind of like built a home and. When all was said and done, that's where my dad went back to. And then he broke out and did some stuff for a couple of years. We don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Where'd you go to school? I went to school at North Carolina a in Greensboro. Oh, okay. Aggie Kayla wants to go to North Carolina yeah. A&T. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people going to North Carolina a and I don't know what's going on there. Our oldest it's, it's, daughter it's wants incredible. to go. incredible. I just went back recently. When I was there, it was I was just starting to see... Um, this uppity crowd kind of like mm-hmm. going to the school. When I went back, it was crazy. They got the uh, the little robots that take your food to your oh, room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah, rolled yeah. all around. The ca- I was blown away because, yeah. you know, when I was going there, they, they tore everything down. The campus is magnificent. Yeah. It's beautiful. I'm like, the alumni are spending money up in here. Okay, so you don't count yourself in those numbers? Well, I give my money, but not as much as... <laughs> I, 
I don't see my dollars on the uh, on what they had got done. Uh, I'm, so I'm glad that there's some other alumni that can make those things happen. <laughs> I do my contribution. He told to you back. he ain't spending no money like that. Uh, but okay, I, but I give back. I, I, you got to give. Yeah, back. this is a man of the community. I mean, you're an enigma, but I also know that you're a man in the community. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that too, so I imagine you give back in that way. So since we are on the Marriage and Real Estate podcast, yes, we we didn't just bring you on here because you're a legend. We brought you on here. <laughs> this interview is about her. <laughs> this ain't got nothing brought, to do with we, nobody we else. We also brought I appreciate y'all having me. I think no, it's really I'm, nice. I'm Thank you. I, I was low-key fan. Thank you. you. Thank what you. I, I mean, if I you're from Houston, you know. Really if you know, you know. But you do do Because people forget estate. about you. You know, you ain't on that radio no more. You are forgotten. Now, I'll say you this. You can't walk around. And I never did because I'm still proud. It's funny because you never... The funny thing about it, when, you, when you've done what I've done for a long time, I don't really like attention yeah and it's kind of weird because you know when you grow up a particular way you're defensive yeah. you think that you gotta it's time for you to fight so somebody's uh -oh. staring at you 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 know <laughs> we're urban you know so you I, I have to i had to learn to hey man bring it back i have to continuously it's still now to this day but people have done rude things you eating with somebody that comes to at your table and start beatboxing or something oh lord oh crazy stuff but you get used to it and but it's kind of it's, it's sometimes that part of it's kind of weird because you 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 I'm I feel like I'm two people I'm di I'm yep I'm, I just feel like it's two different people you got Ben which is my real name and then you got Mad Hatter this Nobody knew other that. thing where did the name come from uh I know the North reference Carolina, North Carolina A and T uh, I was just nosy the reason why I went to school I majored in communications I thought I was going to be a big time producer like Teddy Riley obviously was with Aaron Hall with Guy, uh, stealing all his techniques and all his stuff. But I wanted to learn why radio was doing what it was doing. Because when I was growing up, you guys don't know about this. You've grown up and all you've ever heard is rap music and it was yeah. on the radio. I When, when my era, yeah, I was there in the inception. They were not playing it. It was like R&B and no rap was the slogans of the station. Or they would play the instrumental of the rap song. And I just wanted to understand why. So I went to the uh, campus radio station. Lady by the name, the program director, Yvonne Anderson. I just spoke with this lady about three, four weeks ago for the first time in I don't know how many years. And I just wanted to tell her thank you for my career. But uh, I was just asking all these questions when I went to the college radio station. And I guess because I was so inquisitive, she's like, you know what, you, you should be on the air. And on campus, I guess people knew me, even though I was quiet. I just had a very unique style of dressing. And I always wore these Run DMC, um, uh, I forgot. Brims. Bucket hats? No, nah, not bucket hat, but they were like brims, like old cats be wearing. Oh, yeah. So like the remember, brim if, with the with yeah, the scully with if, the, yeah. If you saw, if you know Run DMC, you know, little old school Stetson hats or whatever you yeah. were talking about. So I had one for the shower. I had one playing basketball. I was just like <laughs> minus with the hat. So I think people thought something was wrong in my head. I didn't mind, though. And she said, and you, sh you should call yourself the man. I'll put you on the air if you call yourself the man. Just out the blue, I wasn't really thinking about being on the air. It was like way in the back of my mind. I'm a producer in my mind and writer of music. Uh, but when she said that, uh, you should call yourself the Mad Hatter. And I was like, that's a dumb name. <laughs> but if you're going to put me on the air, let me run my yap and play the songs I think should be played on the radio, I'm all for it. Yeah, come back on Monday, da-da-da-da. And it started everything. Uh it, it was incredible. It was an incredible ride, man. She, so that lady is responsible. 
life is about chance meetings. Yeah. Even like talking to you guys, talking about real real estate. And, and when I learned that it was marriage and real estate <laughs> podcast, uh, I told the young lady, I'm like, uh, I'm a passive real estate investor. I'm not really hardcore. Like y'all probably hardcore in it, know all the rules. I, I'm kind of one of those renegades. I just do what I feel at the time. And that's what my career was. I was just right place, right time. And even with my homes, right place, right time. You know, had a girlfriend, father had some homes. Hey, Ben, you should get some of these homes for us. Okay. okay. <laughs> it seemed like a reasonable price. Let me look how much. Yeah. Oh, yeah I can afford that. Sure. I couldn't afford it, but. But you figured it I out. Figured, I figured so that what's I was your portfolio look like now? I only have six homes. I don't really have a lot of homes. I, <laughs> I you know, would, some people I don't think, have any no, homes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That came across yeah. like Captain. I got to watch. I'm sorry. First of all, let me apologize. I only have. We have that more than six homes. Bad. You don't have to apologize. Uh, no, nah, because sometimes, you know, you got to watch. Like, it was just like when I was talking about my shoes earlier. Yeah. And somebody was like, oh, you got some new shoes. I'm like, nah, these are old. Well, no, ain't them the same ones you wore yesterday? Like, no, they're another one like these, but they're older. <laughs> and I caught myself. I'm like, wow, that just sounded like capping, bro. And I'm like, so you have to monitor what you say because it's your life. It's not capping. They say it's not capping when it's your life, but it could appear to be capping. Okay. So you try you try to tame it. So, again, I apologize for that. It was very passive. I fell into these homes. I had artists at one point. And, you know, they might need a home or something need, like that. Yeah. So you're trying to look out for a homie. Yeah. Yep. And one of my homies, <laughs> he was in a particular game, I won't say. <laughs> but I went to the house. I, excuse me. I bought the house. It was new. And in the, um, not the living room, the game room. The game room was painted his gang's color. I said, bro, you got to get out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that just the walls were painted. The ceiling. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and that color is hard to come out. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, I know I'm exactly like, what color. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bruh, you have to get out. And, you know, that was just, and then, you know, you go by your families. Yep. My mother and father, my dad had did some quirky stuff and a house that should have been paid off years had not been paid off. And he had passed away. And I told my mom, you ain't got to worry about this. I'll, I'll take care yeah. of all this stuff. Yeah. So I'm a very passive investor, but I do believe if you get about 10 homes, you're good. And I know okay. I throw that out there very leisurely mm -hmm. uh, because I think the real estate market is really, we're in a strange place in the world right now. In that the is world. true. With, with real estate, that is with, true. with, with artificial money, intelligence. artificial intelligence, yeah. you know, with the different countries that are coming together and mm -hmm. they saying they're not going to use the American dollar anymore. Which, you know, this dynasty that has been called America, we could be living in a time where we see the dynasty change into a new dynasty. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch what the powers that be try to do to stop it. And social media. Yeah. I don't think that people thought that social media was going to be as impactful as it is. Mm -hmm. Because now we have people who look like us. Some who have been incarcerated, who have turned into these money gurus yep. and home gurus. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be honest with you, some of them kind of understand the game and they got it on lock. And they telling you how you can do it like the Rockefellers did it yep. and, you know, <sighs> how you can buy more homes. I don't, you I might disagree. not be a fan. I, I disagree. I think, I think, but you know what? They're piquing people's curiosity That's and getting true. them interested. That's true. And they're educating them to the, to the degree of you can't just listen to them and go do what they got to do. 
I mean, it's not going to be that easy to get the house. You got to do some more homework. It's the sound bites that's the problem. That's the problem. It's the sound bites that's the problem. And I get that, but for the other people, they're educating you in a way that you have not been educated at all. No one is. That's true. Okay, I'll take understanding housing and investing in stocks and 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 all cryptocurrency. You hadn't. We hadn't been told these things. We didn't know that we could pass on generations. Uh, and have and give generational wealth to my kids, kids, kids. Yep. And we hadn't like we're the first generation seemingly trying to do that. But even with our first generation of billionaires, they haven't figured out to me how to really start working together to really scare the system. Once they start doing that, we need the billionaires to work with the other billionaires because when they put their billions together, now all of a sudden you're really moving the needle. Mm-hmm. And those people, I think, not that it's your responsibility. I get it. You can make your money and not do anything for anybody. But if you got enough, you most certainly should go back to your neighborhood. I agree with that. And start the process of changing this environment because when you change that environment you change the child you, you change, change the, the child yeah. exactly so you start breeding a whole new human being you know and that's why it's so interesting for me to have a son now and be able to do that here's where I disagree about the the internet guru culture at the end of the day I think it's predatory to black people because a lot of times the opportunities that are promised based on the actual skill set, income, base level education is not the right opportunity for the people. And it ends up being predatory opportunistic where, hey, yeah, buy this course of five thousand dollars. No, no, I'm not into that. You know, I'm with you on that. I'm not into that. When Aisha first got exposed to real estate, she went to this three day seminar with a friend and she owned her house at the time. And they were like, oh, yeah, leverage up your credit cards to the tune of $20,000. Mortgage your house to pay for this $30,000 real estate. And you could buy a house for $30,000. Well, let me say this. I think you have to learn to do it your way. So I'm kind of like, uh, what's the Ramsey cat? The Dave Ramsey. I know a lot of people don't like him, but I'll be honest with you. He. I've always read these books and went to those conferences, mm-hmm. even when I was in college. Uh, I wasn't going to buy the programs, but I was interested in the information. But one day I was driving down the street. Don't know why I was listening to this. This is several, several, several years ago. And he said that the the paid off house is the new um, Mercedes or BMW. And I just. It's not true. <laughs> I just thought about that, though. But. The idea of having your home paid off mm-hmm. really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had some of these properties, you know, at mm-hmm. this point, I'm, you know, I'm working on mm-hmm. two, two like little properties. And I'm like, what would it be like to just pay that off? Mm-hmm. What could I do with that money after I paid it off? And so I got into this thing and, you know, I'm kind of, there's certain things I'll spend money on. I like cars. I like tennis shoes. And after that, I'll wear a thermal shirt and some some black <laughs> pants and call it a day. But the idea of paying for that house, man, was really, really, really sexy. So I'm like, I'm going to pay off everything. Cars, pay it off. And some people will tell you, you can't, you shouldn't do that. But I believe if you can't, if you can't afford it, don't buy it in the first place mm-hmm. and then have a plan. And yeah, you can get this big old beautiful car, but can you get that big old beautiful car for a great price? Can you negotiate and get some things mm-hmm. like, do I have to get the one that's of this year? Can I get the one that might be two years old, still under warranty, yeah. 
because as soon as you drive off the lot with that thing that costs a hundred thousand, one hundred and fifty, you're gonna lose seventy five. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As soon as you drive off the lot, so I'm gonna let you drive off the lot with it, take care of it, and then when you bring upgrade, it to me when you got five yeah, miles, like two thousand miles. There you go. Three thirty six hundred. You got it. You got it. And then I'll go there and you know what? Let me take that off your hand for yeah. an incredible price. So you know, it's that kind of thing. So I did like that. About the range. I, I believe pay off your bills, stay focused on that. I believe having no debt. But that's my belief. Yeah. That's my belief. I don't tell other people to do that. I don't listen to them. Oh, you should have this credit card. And I don't believe in that. I do believe in paying off your credit cards monthly. Mm hmm. I do like the points. It really don't mean Jack. But every once in a while, you know, I use the little chase one and. I do like, you know, sometimes I like vitamins. I get a lot of them for free. I, I, I can't lie. I like that, you know. And, and I think the American Express probably has the best credit card. My, these are my opinions, folks, not everybody else's. If you travel a lot and you fly a lot, though, I do think you get some benefits mm -hmm. with that American Express. I know you guys probably have American Express, especially when you build and stuff. I just, and I know you travel. Mm -hmm. That is the card to have. If, you build, if you're a builder and you travel a lot, it's just the and ultimate you make card large purchases. Oh, especially for that. <laughs> like yeah. a large, especially. Like building costs hundreds of thousands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's huge benefits with that card when you moguls like y'all. I'm a, <laughs> a small-time guy, but I still like the benefits of that card. I got a lot of nice things because of that. So. You know, the thing about it is, and I like what you said, it works for you. I right. think everybody is responsible to find out what works for them. Got to be. You know, and what we encourage people, and one of the reasons why we started the podcast or whatever to have kind of a dog in that fight was we'd sit down with a lot of couples with very mixed ideas of what wealth building is, mm -hmm. generational wealth, real estate is without with just sound bites or buzzwords, mm -hmm. no context, no background you. education, not actually wanting to learn real estate, but just kind of, I want to make some money. How can I, what's the fastest way I can almost like gambling. Right? So, for us, it it really became like, hold on, there are people changing their lives with real estate. There are couples maximizing, you know, what they can pass down to their children, setting themselves free with real estate. But it takes time. It does. It takes information. It, it takes income. It takes access. It don't come overnight. It's not going to come because you. Well, they do make it sound sexy. I, they, I agree with you. Yes. It's, most of it sounds very sexy. Um but I still like the dialogue. Yeah. Like I like no. you guys talking about it. You're talking about finances or real estate with a marriage uh, combination in it. I love these kind of conversations. I think it's educating people in a way that have never have not received this information, especially people that look like you and me. Yeah. And That's so true. I'm encouraged by that. But again, to round that off, there's other people that didn't expect people that look like me and you to be getting educated in information. Now, that's where the power is. And that's right? why they got and to that's shut what's, it down. That's what's breaking them. But they can't. Here's the thing. Yeah, they're going to try. That's why if you notice a lot of things with social media, they, they're bringing it back. Influencers, mm -hmm. the podcast folks out there, mm -hmm. they're trying to figure out ways to start taking that money. They're trying to force people back mm -hmm. into going to work because they bought those very expensive buildings mm -hmm. yeah. and they need their commercial real estate. Dollars. That is true. So there's things I can, you know, I'm one of those, you know, I'm sort of like a conspiracy theory. I'm like, <laughs> I don't just listen to the words that the people say. I try to see the patterns and the lines. Like, and I'm like, 
Just see what's going on in society, and you know you'll see what they're putting on the news, but they're oh, missing the big story. That's a thousand percent true, you know and we don't even watch the news yeah. for that very reason. But I still watch it though. I like what you said. I just want to see what Trump's going to do next. Yeah. <laughs> Trump, that's a distraction. Trump, too. Trump a wild boy. It's, it's, a it all is. Too. That's a distraction. It I like is. what you said before we started about the talented tenth and people who were going to make it regardless of whatever, right? Um, and if you look throughout history, and while the numbers were much fewer for sure. And I think about books like um, there's a great book about the first black stockbroker. It's called The Prince of Darkness. Oh, Don Cheadle's actually going to uh, play oh, him in the movie. Like it's it. an amazing book. Really? Okay. But what you find is a Haitian slave who played the game like white folks, right? In the times of slavery. So in the 16, 1700s. And he sued white people when he wasn't supposed to. He put, you know, information in the press. He played the game. Really? Yeah, See, it's amazing. This is amazing. What, what you're talking about, that's why I like these kind of informational pieces that you guys are doing. Because we don't know this. Like, True. I don't know this And it's story. a black story. And there's several black stories. There are. So you have to ask yourself, how do all these wonderful black stories get suppressed? That's true. We have no lineage. We don't see any kings. We don't see any queens. But if you go back and you look at the art in some of these prestigious places, you start seeing black folks on the wall and you get confused because history has told you that there were you gonna, no black you people. You're going to turn me up, man. I'm, I'm no, going to turn up. Don't, don't turn, and don't and turn that's why up. I'm saying I know that you feel like some of this stuff is kind of misinformation but it's also educating people and they start to go down there they start digging down Maybe. these holes some do i'm hopeful that some get taken advantage of there's plenty of people with twenty thousand dollars on a credit somebody, card because somebody sold their ass drink. don't do that <laughs> let me just say don't do that part y'all no but it does increase smart. the numbers it, it definitely yeah. does increase the numbers and i'll say one point I'm, I'm gonna go back and say i'm not gonna fully turn up but i want to touch on a point he made but there you go in general, <laughs> the Internet has democratized information yes, to a point is. that now these conversations can happen and they can be other like we've had a couple couples from all over the country reach out to us and go, hey, we're doing real estate in this small part of the world in some small part of the country with only black couple here. And the fact that you guys are talking about this in Houston means everything to us. We had a couple reach out from a small town in Florida who own five rentals and building up a portfolio. And they like, we don't know anybody who mm. is black doing this at all. We just thumbed through it. We fell into it. And this means something to us. So that's why we started it, truly. And, you know, and can I add something else, too? I, I have to say this, and it's not off point, but I do want to mention it. And I don't know if you guys have one. And that's about mentors. When you yes. said that about these people, uh, oftentimes they're starting by the seat of their pants and they don't really, they're figuring it out by yep. themselves and they had no true mentor. And I always tell people that was my big fail, that I didn't have a true mentor mm -hmm. that could lead me by the hand. Mm -hmm. That's why my one ex-girlfriend's parents, I loved them I still to this day. I saw them recently, they were at a park and they were the first ones that educated me. I'm glad that mm -hmm. I bumped into them about real estate. Ironically, my father, who I never wanted to listen to, was always interested in real estate, but he was like, he couldn't. He couldn't make, figure it out. He yeah. couldn't make it happen. Yeah. Like he was trying. Yeah. Yeah. But to see this family and, you know, this little town, you know, they mm -hmm. owned a lot of property there. So it was very, uh, for me, it was educational. This relationship, 
yeah, it was about that woman, but it was really no. edu- this this education I was being getting being around these yeah. people. They were the closest things to mentors where they were sharing information freely. And yep. the mother was like, hey, we got a house over here in Fifth Ward. And if I, I wish my mind would have been more clear mm-hmm. at that time because I was focused so much on being a DJ. But she was giving me all <laughs> these opportunities where I probably could have had 15 homes. He's like, oh, you got some some land out there in Fifth Ward if you want it. You can't right now. Uh, we happen no, to sell houses. Not no, now. no, no, no. Here's the thing. Listen, I was getting some bottom, bottom no. basis prices. Oh, yes. At that time, my yes. ears were hearing, you know, you might say 30000 to me. At that time, I'm like, oh, no. That is, <laughs> you crazy, lady. You know, there's a, 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 a fourplex over here or something like that. Uh, no, that's out of my league. I can't handle it. You know, because you don't know. You didn't realize. Yeah. Yep. Now I look back like, dang. Dumb. Uh-uh. Yeah. Listen, dumb. listen, listen. Is now is the time for everybody and everybody out there listening. And I, this is specifically for black folks because I want I want people to understand the the oldest generation of black people who spent their lives buying all this stuff want to pass it down. But they're looking for the right people to go find them. And that means you knock on That's a lot of doors. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. Right. We've built houses in these areas. We've talked to these old homeowners, these people who've owned their house 60, 70 years. And they're they're literally on death's door. <laughs> And want to pass it down, sad, but I understand no, what you're saying. because their children true. don't want it. They, yeah. you know, That's it's like name. what Chris Senegal did. But he bought a portfolio of thirty properties from a family who couldn't pass it down to their child because their child was, you know, doing some other stuff. Wait, so wait, yeah. the reality yeah. of the situation is there's so much opportunity, and it's not a price thing; it's a principle thing. Wow. They want to pass it down to people who look like See, them. I need to hear that today. I'm yeah. telling you, man. I, I got to get my fifteen, man. Look, <laughs> but it's there. It's there. If you if you put it out in the universe. That's you want it, I'm not that aggressive, it. man. To, to go walk up to somebody, though. Hey, no, you know no. you're on death when you door. Have, no, 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 no. You know no, you got no. three weeks no. left, no. and that's not. Come on, you come know on. you got three weeks that's left. That's not what I'm why, saying. Why are we doing this? It's relationship. No, it's so relationship. This is what I would do if I started off today with no money, which we started off with absolutely no money, but I had time. I'd go knock on every single door in a black neighborhood and say, "I'm a young black man. I want to buy a house. I don't know how." Will you show me? Will you introduce me to somebody? Do you have a That's house? That's very aggressive. Can I, can I, I paint something? I can do I do like something? I, lo- I, I, I love that. It's a way though. to do it with no money. I can cut your grass. Can I cut your grass? Can I do something? I see you and have we've, a need. We've had can people on this podcast need? who've done that in small towns and yeah. big towns, and it's worked for them. One guy owned multifamily. Guy sold him a 12-unit apartment in Louisiana. Why? Because he knocked on it. Hey, man, I'll cut the grass out. I'll figure it out. What to do. Had no money. Now he owns... 25 doors so i'm like so those stories all exist and the touchback on the point you made about our history right that history exists whether it's fifth ward or first ward or gentilly in new orleans or you know all these communities where black people strived and they worked their ass off to build these communities Mm. they're still there Mm. those people are still there and they still care just as much as they did in 1954 this is true in 1946 so really it's up to now us this generation to care enough to go reach out to them and bridge that gap that's very interesting i never thought about it like that um i'd really have to have a real powwow with myself to pump me up to go do that you don't have to do that now where you are now it, that wouldn't necessarily make sense but no I, I don't think so man some of the people that you probably don't like they also 
still do that. They go knock on doors yeah, to get their true. business. And these those, according to them, it seems that they're multimillionaires with 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 huge portfolios. But some of these guys, <laughs> and let's not say you don't like. Uh, no, so <laughs> some of, and I know which ones you're talking about. Probably some of the ones, some of them that don't necessarily look probably like us, but some of I don't. I, some of them I don't follow those. I just, think um, that but some of the ones that are straight, some of the financial guys that look like me, I like them. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I like I, I like them, and I like where they came from because it's showing other people that hey, man, you don't necessarily have to do what he did. The bad stuff. Mm -hmm. You could actually do this other stuff and make money. True. Yeah. But our society has dramatized crime to such a level and it looks so romantic. Yeah. But in real life, it's not romantic. Yeah. Yeah. But I like them perpetuating this other story of this afterlife of this is where I'm at now. And and they say it was such, so much gusto. Like we Wall have- Street Trap is my, one of my favorites. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. I, I like Wall Street. Street. I love Wall Street. Wall Trapper. Street, he's one of my favorites. Wall Street. I, I like all that. And here's the thing. We have friends, direct friends, went to prison for a very long time millionaires in real estate. That's right. Real life stories of folks and they put the same principles that they did in the drug game into real estate. And they so smart and and Mm -hmm. listen and that's all I need us to see. Uh, There's so many of us doing these other things and if they took that same, that hustler's instinct and put it into this other stuff. Because it's the same principles. It's the same principles. Same principles. And you don't have to worry about sleeping with a gun under your pillow. Sorry, but I had some friends that lived the alternative lifestyle. Not that alternative. Our friend that went to prison, he got shot nine times. Wow. Got stabbed. Like, went to prison twice. So what what made him obviously change? Uh, Look, um, being at the right place at the right time. He was. Ah. Being in prison when the guys from Enron went to prison. And so he had the really opportunity to, to sit and talk with them. And here's and the craziest part about it. Mentors. Uh, mentors. Even, even in prison. Even in prison. The craziest part about it is he had to make himself uncomfortable to, to learn the information. Mm. So he don't drink coffee. They used to drink coffee every morning and watch the stock market and the news. Mm-hmm. He said, I started drinking coffee, putting my leg up Put like that. Put his leg up like that. <laughs> and he'd go in the cafeteria. He was in federal prison and talked to these, and they taught him the game. And when he came out, he got more mentors. Yep. Mentors in real estate. People, some of his mentors are the most conservative people that you, I mean. I believe it. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Trumpers, whatever. But the information I'm always curious about that, those those people that give that information. Is it because sometimes I think they're giving the information is almost tongue in cheek. Don't care. Like, not that they don't care. No, I'm saying they don't think. Well, no, I I get that. Yeah. But I don't think that they think that you're capable. Sometimes. Mm, Or they see that you are capable. Or they see that you are capable. It's. And I hate that, but you know, you special, you different. Oh, you different. You're not, you're not like the other that. ones. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I was always yeah. that. Yeah. So I grew up in the construction trade. I'm 17 years in construction. It's all I've ever wanted to do since I was 12 years old. Wow. But construction's a very, I mean, it's a good old boy society. Absolutely. And the people who mentored me were all white. I didn't know a black face in construction. I was mm. always the youngest. I was always the only black. And there were some people who, like you, I remember um, I was in a meeting, 6 a.m. meeting, and I had 
my hair was long. I hadn't seen my barber in like a month. And our director of operations, he asked me, he's like, are you growing an afro? <laughs> and I was like, no, I just haven't been to my barber. Can't you just go to Supercuts? No, <laughs> I can't. I'm going to go see my barber. And it was so, it, I mean, it, it just blew his mind up that I couldn't just go get a haircut yeah. or that I had to go get a haircut mm -hmm. when Johnny Blaze over there got long ass bangs and it don't matter, right? <laughs> but my <laughs> long hair is a problem for you. And I remember when I got promoted to project manager and he was the person who had to promote me. Now, I made them promote me because of the work. That's right. right. And he said, well, the only reason we're promoting you is because of the work you do and the relationship you have with your clients. I said, why else would you promote anybody? Mm. Why would you? Because the reality of the situation. Well, he's letting you know that I'm uncomfortable. He was with you, but you know who wasn't? The seventy year old Mexican man who started the company, and this white man who worked for him. Mm. Who you know, this Mexican immigrant built a forty million dollar construction company, and he hired this white man to be his operations manager. And that white man went to A and M, and you know this and that, I mean, and he, he had a, all of he put thing. a face up on his, yeah. on his thing. Yeah. So the reality of the situation is he's viewing me from this lens of. You ain't supposed to be here, which statistically I'm not sure. But you know what? In our office, and this is the point that I was going to make earlier, no, talking about his. It's not that you weren't supposed to be there, by the way. It's that you've never no, you've not seen somebody that looked like, Look like you, you there. That is true. And, yeah. you, and we think that we can't be in those spaces. And, and you, you, you blow that out the water when other brothers see you. That's true. The only bad thing about that is when they think, oh man, you just, you got to have white to do the, do the, do the, do mm. Nah, brother, I'm doing this to make no, my to money. Say, and I my brother thinks that my, my whole birth brother thinks that some white man runs our company. Like he, he <laughs> oh, literally, God. he's like, man, there's some white folks behind them. That it's like, <laughs> it's been me and her this whole goddamn. That's kind of interesting that people still in 20, this particular year, because you never know how long these things will be around. But people still think that way. It's scary oh. that they don't think that people We're who capable. look like you yep. are capable of doing big things. So in our office, I have two pictures up because when I used to go to white offices all the time, I used to interview for jobs and whatever. I'd see two pictures. I'd see the white men on the steel beam in the Empire State Building eating lunch. Yeah. And that was that was like construction it was like you know and i worked with several guys who were related to somebody some lineage back to those people and that was true american construction so in my office i have a picture of literally sharecroppers because my family background is landscaping and i have a picture of one single black man with a wheelbarrow with the u.s monument behind him and that's the one picture that I found that represents blacks building America. Because we mm. have a history. We built this country. We did. But it's not documented. You can't find the pictures of it, right? So for me, I had to find my Empire State Building I-beam lunch I like photo. So when you come to my office, you see my lineage. You see our contributions to America. That is so sad. And you know what? I believe purposely that information is, I don't want to use the word hidden. It is not shown to you. True. Mm -hmm. So you won't ever think that you have the ability to grow True. outside of that. Or to and I believe, it. in my opinion, that it is purposely done. Oh, and yeah. it's gotten to the point, no, I take that back. It was purposefully done and it's so ingrained in a particular culture that they continuously do it. Perpetual. At, 
out of habit. Because if you didn't, you see how we when we take something, it 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 gets better. It, yeah. So you can't you can't give it you can't give us too much because if we get too much we take it over we we just get better we just we kill it we it's, it's but see that's too why scary. blacks in real estate is so important because home ownership is the foundation of wealth building and if you look at this country it was founded on business ownership and land ownership mm -hmm. so for the tax benefits for passive income for legacy for long term financial gain. You make your money owning a business, an mm -hmm. operating business, mm -hmm. or so. Why don't they, they teach that in school? Because school is a joke. And also, well, and honestly, you can't teach <laughs> if everybody. Did I can't it. comment on that. I work for a no, wonderful university. Cannot, <laughs> listen, okay. College is different. The reason why they but don't teach that in school, school is because you cannot. If everybody did it, we live in a capitalistic society, right? So if everybody could be a millionaire, then there would be no millionaires, right? Well, we that's mean, what's happening right now. Everybody well, exactly. started turning into influencers, and people stopped started walking away from their jobs. They didn't need it anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, we we are watching. Some, we're living in an age, and man, I, sh I, I hope I get to be a ripe old age to see what my son does with this. Because we're living in this very crazy time where people have empowered. COVID had taught people to empower, like, you know what? I wasn't happy at this job. Mm -hmm. And they learned to do other things mm -hmm. that made them happy and walk away from these jobs. That's true. And right now, these folks, whomever these folks are, are trying to figure out a way to get these people back because this country is built on the backs of other people. Yeah. But here's the thing. You, what? <laughs> I told you I'm the rogue one. It, it, you are, you are the rogue one. So we have a one, we, we typically have a 30 minute podcast and right. anytime we have great conversation, I just want to keep going. And then I ask like, you gotta come back. Let's just run we to an hour. We have to do this again. Ten minutes. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> I'm the world. Hey, y'all gotta leave this in. You can't edit this part out. I'm Here's like, boom. Thing. We make our money in real estate, so we do the fuck we want. <laughs> but the reality of the situation is this. The reality of the situation is this. Most people, right? Most people, the everyday person, has a job problem. They don't mm. necessarily have. Uh, deep desire to do something meaningful. They just don't like what they do, right? So that journey to find that meaningful thing will bring the income that you ultimately want to have. But typically, somebody's experiencing a job problem. So how do you control the workforce for the future? You give them a seat at the table. Everybody because if people have the, the ability, huh? Everybody can't have a seat at the table. People can table have not big a proxy seat at mm. the table. They might not necessarily have their seat at the table, but can people build wealth? Can people have more than they have now? Yes. That's the reality of the situation. There is enough pie for people to have more pie than America has let them have. Not everybody. Now, the reality of the situation is, yes, okay. everybody. How okay. that happens is a different thing, right? So I'll give you an example. Employee-owned companies. It's probably the easiest example of that, right? ESOPs. Everybody has a seat at the table. When I worked for Hensel Phelps, which is a huge construction company, it's employee-owned. Mm -hmm. So I'm an intern. I'm going to the printer. I'm going to print 100 copies or whatever. You know, my project manager told me, uh-uh. This my paper. This my ink. I'm an owner here. So don't waste my money. <laughs> right? 
So that seat at the table is the reason why the project manager I used to work for, who retired 20 years ago, is being paid a pension by the company. Wow. By the company he owned. He worked there 30 years. Right, 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 right. right. So that's not going to be every organization, Mm -hmm. but it's an example of what can happen. I don't think that this country is willing just they took the pension away from you and faked you out into getting the 401k true that's because i don't have pension dollars with 401ks and bullshit I, from the stock market it's a game which we didn't know true I mean, no one didn't tell us some people, true. Like some people knew uh I, yeah then mm-hmm. well yeah anyway some, some people knew but the majority of us we get um anyway i don't want to i'm not gonna that's go why you gotta stop watching news uh mr, mr. no Hatter. no you but you know you i, I like to watch all sides i want to watch the lies that are being told mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to figure out the truth for myself. And then I'm going to come up with my own conclusion regardless anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I just want to say again, because I know she's going she gonna to make sure you stop on time. No, I appreciate all the stuff that you guys are talking about. Um, it's interesting to see. It seems like your mm-hmm. dynamic of you all building wealth together is kind of different. My, my wife, she she came to the she came with her her stash and I came with mine. Mm-hmm. And so we'll go from there. We don't even, we don't really discuss money. We we just. Do y'all blend money? No. Did I mean, you put her stash with your stash? No, I, I don't want her to put it. It's her stash. I'm kind of different like that. I'm so, you know, I'm older. Mm-hmm. So I'm old school. You do what you want with your money. I don't care. Um, everything in my life is literally paid for mm-hmm. because I never trusted. So what happens when you die? Well, I have a, Honestly, I have trusts and all that stuff. But so, those are for the kids. What about for her? Oh no, she's in a trust. Oh, okay. No, you gotta take care of your people. Yeah. You know. I but mean, do you feel and you can stop me I'm whenever gonna. you want. You I, I got seven minutes. <laughs> the countdown I do not rescind my time. <laughs> anyway, so here's my question. And so we built everything we had together. We did. So I ain't have Nothing but a job when I started here, mm-hmm. right? And same here. Mm-hmm. So we have a different mindset. You do. If if I came to it from a different position, if I got married later or whatever, I would be very much like you where it was isolated. But we found a huge value in putting all the beans in the pot to grow the pot, right? Um, what's your philosophy on that? And I think you should. Do you feel like it's limiting? I think you should. I... Uh, we we have discussion. We're so into baby world right now, man. That's We're just enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, we got a three year old. We understand. and our lifestyle. You know, my years of work has afforded me the ability to be leisure, leisurely, so to speak, um, and owning a couple of things. And I still own my record company. I've, I've always been an entrepreneur. But I will say this is the funny thing. Listening to you guys is true. Always, You guys to me are true entrepreneurs. I am not. I have always had a job, but I've always had my own thing on the side. Mm-hmm. But it was just something fun that I was doing on the side. I, um, It's all accidental for me. It's something in my brain that I like to have somebody giving me some cash on the side. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with mm-hmm. you. Because I walked away and I'm like, I had no plan. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to chill here every day. And then you watch, and, you know, your wife like, see you later. And you over there watching Bloomberg and some shorts. <laughs> and, and a wife beater. You know, all right. And, you know, I'm so happy I got this opportunity because I was not, I thought I was done, you know. And, uh, but I, 
I don't count like you guys can truly count being entrepreneurs. And I, I was on this other podcast and they were like, well, how do you are an entrepreneur? I'm like, it's all accidental for me. Yeah. And it's a lot of work, too, because trust me, having a record company, if you have big artists, cash still flows in. You got to do publishing. It's mm -hmm. all work. And, you know, if you got property, yeah. I don't have. You guys probably have managers. I do not. No, I do we a lot. manage our own rentals, but we oh, have a really? company. See, so our rentals are easier because of the tenant class of our particular rentals. But how many properties do you own? So at a time, we had a huge portfolio of 32 homes. Ooh, y'all doing it. Too no, too many. Doors. I got to come take some. I got to come take so some classes. We went through. Challenges Will y'all be my mentor? I need y'all to be out. my mentor. I'm, I'm going to sign up. We just got to get you to come to conference. I, I am. Y'all heard that? I am. I'm, he I'm, said I, want, I am. Because I need to. I, you, this is. Listen, the only way to grow is allow yourself to be in places where you might be a bit uncomfortable. Yep. And like I said, I'm accidental. Y you might have some homes, but I don't really feel like y'all, you know, no. when I when I get a portfolio of 30 homes. No, no, no. Now so we talking. Here's the crazy part. My goal was 65 doors. Ooh, because we started off from the investment side. So okay. our goal was I literally had a calculator. I was like 65 homes times $250 a door because we leverage and whatever. It's $19,000, whatever, whatever a month. That's our passive income. And then what was, it wasn't accidental, but what we graduated this into was an operating business because my skill set was building. Mm -hmm. And we got our assets that's where, handed that's to where us money's in at. 2019 mm -hmm. where we sold the majority of our portfolio. Mm -hmm. We literally had, so now we're down to like four. Mm -hmm. But, the hard part about that is the good and bad part is it's a lot of moving parts with 32 doors. It's easier to get cash flow from a business. And then we essentially created jobs for ourselves. So we streamlined everything that we had Airbnbs. We had a bunch of shit. Now I build them, run the construction company. She sells them, runs the sales team. And oh, that's we that's, stack that's, our cash yeah, and invest our yeah, profits in our yeah, business yeah. and in long-term rentals where mm. we don't have a bunch of moving parts. Mm. So we made that thing easier. But we have friends with lots of act multifamily, all these other things, but they find what works for them. And everybody right. has the ability to do what works for them. Right. It's available right. yeah. for right. us all. And we created this community so that people can have those, have those conversations, uh, be exposed to, because you're like, yeah, I, I understand real estate bills well, but if you're not around people who do that, because, you know, when we quit our jobs, our parents was like, wait, what? Huh? Yo, yeah, but, it was you know what I mean? There, <laughs> it, there was wasn't encouragement to do it. So now that, Because they haven't seen it. They, they come from a generation it. that they're not used to that. So, so we want to yeah. bring people together so that you can. So it's just natural. It's like everyday thing. Like, oh, yeah, such and such owns several apartment buildings. Well, such the, and such those people going to be watching y'all because you're educating people with your podcast. You, you're part of the generation that's educating people. And that presents a problem for those that need people to work for them. That's true. So I just want y'all to know at some sometime if you start seeing people. And we teach the people who work for us to own and we teach the people who work for us to invest. What he's saying is that, that, that the hate going to come. Oh, because sure. we empower and not from people, people that look like you. It's just that you're you're empowering a group of people who do look like you, who have not been empowered before, even with the information. And you'll be surprised, man. The little bit of information that you may get. That's what got me. That's what that that literally is why I was able yeah. I was able to go to the job and they say, well, how do we want you to do this? No. <sighs> Well, you, what you want and what I want is two different wants, my friend. So I'm going on vacation. 
And I always tell people that story, but that's truly what I did. I went on vacation and never it went never back. came. You back. know, the crazy part, the people who taught us, the initial mentors we had in real estate Stop opening weren't doors. black people. Stop opening doors I can believe for that. conversation. Like, because the black people that we knew told us, you got to get it on your own. So we started talking to other couples that's, because oh, that's so nobody sad. talked to us. Nobody said, hey, this is a pitfall right here. Oh, don't do that shit. Yeah. Or like, that happened to me that. in my career, too. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? Sometimes mm-hmm. the people who look like you will not award you with the information needed. So when they could grow. easily give they, it. But I sometimes think that they think that you're going to take something that belongs to But guess to what? Them. You can't get nothing if your hands are closed. I'm, and I'm, so I can't take just like well, I can't take done from you, you I can't, I can't What he's done it. for you you know, you can't think that he's not or is supposed to do it. For- We've seen him do it. Right. Here's right. the craziest thing. And a friend of mine told me this and we'll end on this because I'm I'm out of time. <laughs> we'll end on this. A friend of mine told me. She looked like, he I a, agree with that. An Indian mentor. Mm-hmm. Guy, I mean, he literally gave him the game. He said he met him on site. He gave him the game. This is a black guy. He said, he asked him, why are you doing this? Why are you sharing all this stuff with me? He said, because information is the one thing that I can give you everything I have and I didn't lose anything. Mm. So I give we make our money in real estate. We don't make our money in podcasting. Not that we don't want to make money. That's true. But Feel y'all the reality mm-hmm. of the situation is we give this information to hopefully change at least one couple's life. Mm-hmm. I think you have. I, I think you keep doing this. And it, listen, and, and this is going to be my you, you have to do what you're doing right now as far as this podcast is concerned, because it's a love fest. And you not only do you like communicating and it's cool, you can sit down with the person that you love and communicate and talk to other people. But you there's somebody that will watch something that you see and they'll be touched in some way and say, you know what? I don't know if I can do that exactly like how they did it, but I can most certainly save my money or pay my bill off. You know, that's the only thing that you take out of pay. Man, get out, get out. Pay your bills, man. Pay, pay off the all those credit cards. Pay just pay it off, man. Every month, pay pay the card off, man. Don't get lost in that trap. And I know people will say that's easy to say. Let me say this too. I started off doing this very young. I will give my father this. The one thing that he used to always get us was savings bonds. Now, of course, he took them back and used up all the money, <laughs> but it was in my mind. So when I first started working, because I had saw that, you believe it or not, bonds. I bought savings bonds. Yeah. And my friends were like, what's that you getting? Well, man, one day I'm going to keep it for X amount of time. And, and this this $25, they're going to give me $50. They give them double it. That don't make no sense to me. So they didn't. Do, I did that all the years I was working, going through college. Mm-hmm. And then one day I went back and like started counting up how much it was like. Oh, all right, homie. What? You know, you got some good interest rate on this now. What you want to do? So it starts off small. So I might not be able to do what you do, but I can certainly start where I am and move up. And I think you said something very early on that was very important. Uh, Two things. Uh, Find your way. And then if you can find somebody and y'all can connect and do it together, do it together. It's easier, it's simple. And there's nothing like a woman who has your back and I think we lose sight of that because, you know, especially being men, you know, you see another hot one and another hot one and another hot one. You think you got to have them. Man, let me the peace of mind with one good woman will take you very, very far. And usually a man that has a good woman, generally, either they're super, super happy or they got their money game straight. 
Huh? That's, good. Look, that's the word. That's, that's the end, right? Look, there. that is the end. You want to be that's super, funny. super happy, or get your money game right? And if you get, get both, get a, get a good woman. <laughs> then you lucky. And There's some other it? stuff in there too. If you can get that, you got the trifecta. <laughs> okay, we working on your look, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got that shape. Well, so on that note, ah. you know. We've had lots of we've had lots of amazing conversation here at the Marriage Real Estate Podcast with the Mr. Mad Hatter. Thank y'all. He told us about his real estate portfolio. We got to really chop it up and I appreciate it. No, I, thank you. I, I thank appreciate thank that. So, so much. this has been the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. I'm Kevin I we're Kevin and Aisha Shelton. This is Mr. Matt. We out. Aisha. Hey. Na, 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 na. Da, na, 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 get down now, you